Hello, and welcome to a very special edition of The Legal Geeks. We have with us tonight one of our um, favorite judges. We love a lot of judges, but one of our favorites. He's made appearances before on The Legal Geeks in videos and um, in some of our blogs. It is Judge Matt Sherino. Hi, Judge. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing well, thanks. I also have Josh, my geek partner, with me. I should have said hi to Josh, too. Hey, Josh. How are you doing? Circle is now complete, Jessica. <laughs> So we we have we have both coasts and the middle covered. Yeah, that's right. Impressive. I like that. We do. Every time. Who's got snow? Yeah. No snow. I'm the only one with snow. We have lots of snow. It's fabulous. I still love it. <laughs> you can keep it. Yeah, we're good. We're good. All right. So yeah. So we are East Coast to West Coast here. This is impressive, and we are here tonight to talk about one of our things that we all share that I love. We all share, and that is Star Wars. But specifically, we're here to discuss something that I think is very close to the judge's heart, right? And that's why you've agreed to talk to us about this tonight and explain it to me, because I really don't know anything about this. And this is the Clone Wars. So can you tell me a little bit about what this Clone Wars thing is and what's going on with that? They just finished the, the fifth season, and it's a uh, computer graphic uh, cartoon, and, and the writing has been excellent. They've, they've had now uh, five good years, and... and uh, numerous story arcs, and, and the, the last story arc was probably the most impressive, I think, uh, and it wrapped some things up nicely, and, and, and it, it, it also featured a lot of legal issues, which was nice. Ah, since we also all love legal issues. All right, well, what are these legal issues? What was the episode arc that or the arc that you're talking about? This was a, a four-episode arc that started with a terrorist bombing of the Jedi Temple, um, and uh, it, it dealt with a lot of issues with dealing with the Jedis being in war to begin with and should the Jedis be involved in war. Uh, and, and in the end, or towards the end, the, one of the Jedis was accused of being uh, one of the co-conspirators with the terrorists, and the last episode itself dealt with her trial. Wow! Okay, so this is some pretty intense legal issues. It, it, and even jurisdictionally, it went into um, yeah. the beginning of the, the episode, the last episode, uh, dealt with basically almost a preliminary cause hearing or a, 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 um, a reasonable cause hearing, depending what they call it in your respective state, where she was a Jedi. So the Jedi Council had to find reasonable cause, uh, and once they did, they expelled her from the order and then transferred jurisdiction to the Senate, which conducted a military-type trial with the Chancellor as, as the judge. And, and uh, everyone's favorite senator, Senator Almedalia, was the, uh, the defense counsel for this particular Jedi. I, I know some people were hoping that Jar Jar was going to be the defense <laughs> counsel, but, but no such luck. Yeah. A Wookiee would have been interesting, you know, because just growl. They, they, could, have, they could have given the Wookiee defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know you're legal geek. <laughs> we went there. <laughs> Absolutely. We are clearly legal geeks. Oh my. So, okay, so as a judge, what did you think of the issues and how they addressed them in the arc? I, I thought it was it was handled well. I mean, the the the, the personal issues certainly out uh, outpaced the 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 trial, which yeah. was 
almost the background to the other things that were going on between Anakin and it was, it was his Padawan that was accused of, of committing this crime and, and working with the terrorists. So in, in, in dealing with her and trying to prove her, uh, f her innocence, he fell further down the slope towards the dark oh. side. And you saw that happening as well. I mean, there's even a, a graphic fight where he uses a force choke uh, against uh, a, a bounty hunter and in order to get information from her. So you'd certainly see um, the, the slide to, to the dark side coming to fruition with, with this episode as well. And, and it ends with another hole in, in Anakin's heart, which, which again gives, you know, further um, justification towards the ultimate slide that he takes uh, to become Darth Vader. Yeah, I, I was impressed with the fight scenes and you know the the issue of torture, com, you know, compiled with his ability. You know, I counted at least two force chokes. You know, with you know, during during the episode, I was like, "Whoa, he's getting in the habit of doing that," and just absolutely just just going for it right from the get go. Pick him up by the throat, and and you saw the anger in him as he as he in these various fights, and and this season the fight scenes have been incredible. The the graphics have gotten so good, and and the sounds and and and. Whoever's doing the, the, the composing for the episodes is up to John Williams' caliber in that it really mirrors the, uh, the, 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 the action that's going on and, and helps build it in, in a way that's, that I think is one of the greatest parts about the movies because Star Wars without the music is nowhere near as good as, as with the music. And the cartoons have gotten to that level, and it's really, really impressive. Earlier in this arc, because Darth Maul comes back this year, uh, and, and there was a fight between um, Darth Maul and the head of the uh, Mandalorians that was just off the chart. Wow, you're really selling this. I have got to watch these. Yeah, t t this year has been, without a doubt, the best of, of the five years, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, you know, last season was very, very good. The first two, if you watch them now, they, they're, they're graphically not as good as... as as now, but the, the storylines themselves were have been good all five years. That and I like what they've done with Tarkin, you know, and his rise to becoming governor and the doctrine of fear and everything that you know compiled, you know, and and Admiral Tarkin was was the prosecutor for this trial as well, which was really interesting to see. And yeah, you 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 really see the shift in these last couple episodes with the Jedi, not the, the clone troopers leaving the Jedi's commanders and moving more towards being uh, controlled by the Empire. And you also see a, a real visual type of Third Reich type of atmosphere to the Empire with the flags and the parades and the, and the salutes and, and, and the real militaristic Empire that is being built that you really didn't see in the movies. You see it really, really yeah. strong in these last couple episodes. Um, I have to ask, is Anakin, the animated version, less annoying than the Hayden Christensen version? I, I think the Anakin uh, cartoon is a much better actor than the Hayden Christensen uh, Star Wars. A and I happen to think that Hayden is, is an excellent actor. In his non-Star Wars roles, I think he's really, really good. I think that 
not everyone can act with a green screen. Yeah. And I think that was George Lucas's downfall is so much CGI, so much green screen mm-hmm. with actors that just aren't as good at acting with a green screen. And, and, and as a result, I think it lost a lot of it. I'm, hope, I'm hopeful that the future movies that are, that, that are now coming out, that although I want the special effects and the CGI, I hope that, that they can get a better act out of the actors with more interpersonal acting. Well, yeah. I think, I mean, to go, to go down that road, I mean, we actually have a track record with J.J. Abrams and how he does this. And mm-hmm. so... I agree. And, and, Star, and Star Trek and, and is, is a great example. The, 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 the last Star Trek movie I thought was incredibly well done. And it had all of the bells and whistles that you would want in a science fiction show. I would good acting, too. I would also throw in Super 8 into that category, you know, with the ability to have an alien running around in 1979 and have it look right because, you know, it fits. So, no, I, I, have, I have high hopes uh, from... from I, I do, too. I think Abrams is a great choice, yep. and, and, and I'm hopeful that, that he does as good a job as I think he will do. Yep. Who would have thought back in his Felicity days that he would end up having both, you know, Star Wars and Star Trek in the palm of his hands? I mean, that's pretty wild. If they start having joint conventions, then I'll be really worried. <laughs> it would be like Yalta. So, it would be... <laughs> All right, well, so, now, do I understand that they didn't read the verdict at the end of the arc? Is that true? Well, it, it was Perry. Ma- it was South Perry Mason style, where the, oh. the, the uh, true, uh, true bomber was brought in by Anakin, uh, and, and she happened to be one of Ahsoka's best friends. Um, and, and, and I'm happy to say that I, I, I predicted it, it was her. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the so she, at that point they didn't go through with the verdict because she gave a speech that said why she was doing this, which was basically that she saw the Jedi. Uh, going towards a path of war, and it's not the Jedi way, and mm-hmm. and, and and that they needed to return to their peaceful, uh, more Buddhist roots. If you know anything about uh, George Lucas, a lot of the Jedi beliefs are, are based on through Buddhism, mm-hmm. and and so she was doing this as a way to bring the Jedi's back to peace. So she gave a full confession, and then of course the the Jedi Council apologized to. Uh, <laughs> To, to Ahsoka and only the way that the Jedis can can apologize which was see this was your great trial and, 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 and the force moves in mysterious ways and, 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 and they never actually said the words we're sorry you know, we're sorry we wrongly accused you we thought you know the evidence was there the, the words we're sorry never came out of Mace's mouth and, and, and as a result she decided to leave the order mm-hmm. and, uh, and leave Anakin and and that's where the, the, the season ends is is her leaving, which probably saved her life because that means that she won't be around for Order sixty six. Yep. Which means we could see her in an episode seven because when we or, or one of the standalone yep. movies yep. or or a comic book series or you know in in true Star Wars fashions they've now made a uh, you know, they made her live on, and, and a lot of people thought that she would die much early because she's clearly not in the movies so there has to be a reason why she's not in the movies and most people figured it was because she would die, um, I think she became such a a, a liked character that. Uh, killing her off probably would have been a mistake. And now, yeah, she's you know you can do books, you can do movies, you can do comic books, you can do all kinds of things now with her character. But she never became a full Jedi, is that right? 
she, they they were about to make her a full Jedi okay. Knight because they were going to consider this her Padawan trial, oh. but she she said no, thank you, basically. Well, the, you know, when you look at actually Eric's Erkson being or Erkstein, pardon me, being you know probably the the ultimate or actually probably one in the top five of being a female geek entrepreneur. You know, she she voices a popular character that they now want to keep around for something. Her universe and what she's done there with the you know, shirts and costumes and everything else and marketing sci-fi directly to girls has really ex you know expanded that universe. And it's just brilliant. And so very, very good. And some of the questions she's answered, you know, and basically defending that, you know, Star Wars is for girls and about half the audience is female. Mm -hmm. uh, is, is a good thing. So, I mean, I, they can't kill her off, you know, because they need her. And It would be nice to see someone besides Princess Leia, a female, a strong female who's, yeah, strong all the time and not a princess. Who can actually... I think we'll see that in the next movies. Yeah. And, and, and maybe two women actually speaking to each other, because that has yet to happen on screen. So that's... Uh, oh, my God. No, well, no, no, no. They talk... In Phantom Menace, really did like Queen Amidala talk to? But yeah, that was probably like very not really important or anything. Right. There's there's there's, there's been a few little snippets. I mean, even uh, Mon Mothma's talks to Leia mm. briefly, and, and uh -huh. but never any any conversations of significance. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is annoying. All right. Well, good. Well, maybe they're finally rectified. But let, let's let's geek out in another direction. We'll do a continuation after you've watched the episode. Okay. <laughs> let's geek out in the other direction. So you know we have we have our Jedi on the run, you know, who creates some electronic evidence along the way while she's on the run. And I counted several. One, her Jedi communicator, so it'd be like a cell phone. So that'd be one, and right. with the call that she made. The second call that she made where she doctored the device so it wouldn't trace her call mm -hmm. would be the second, at least. And then all the nanoprobes as well would, would also be individual electronic evidence. And there's probably a few other things that I missed, but that's at least what you know jumped out at me. Um, yeah, as far as electronic evidence, the, you know, the, the tracing of the phone call from uh, when... when, when, when uh, Ashaka called for help, and and she was led to the warehouse. That call was probably uh, not hidden as well as some of the other calls, so that one probably would have would have lasted. And, and even Anakin, when he walked into her um, her room, very quietly took her lightsaber away. Yep. Knowing that to be guilty, she would have uh, Venturas's two lightsabers, and then proceeded to swing at her where she then was forced to get out from this hidden uh, vase, the two lightsabers. So that was the clinching as far as Anakin was concerned as, as to her guilt. Now, there, there's some interesting debate amongst the, the, the canon people because in various comic books, she is a Jedi that's killed in Order 66. So now there's the debate, how does she get out of prison in order to be killed for the Order 66, but most purists don't consider the comic books to be canon. Oh, really? Not at all? 
not a, not in 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 the expanded universe the the books are considered canon but the the comic books are only canon if they don't contra- if they're not contradicted no. by the movies or the books huh. yeah which makes sense you know you need to be able to have some creative license but not have it get out of control so right and then they've given the comic book people a lot freer reign to do what they want as opposed to the book people where almost everything that they write plot-wise has to be approved by, by Lucas. Now it'll be approved by uh, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Which sad to say, but in this case, maybe an improvement. So, although I know the books are good. It, it could be. It could, I get, it could be. Did, did you watch the people? The, the books are great. Did you watch the people versus George Lucas? I did. You know, I, I, I do have my criticisms of Lucas, but at the same time... I spent a fair amount of my childhood running around the backyard with X-Wing fighters, Y-Wings, and the Millennium Falcon. And so I really, you know, I'm not in the mood to criticize anymore when you really think about that. You know, the the comments about, like, he he assaulted my childhood. You know, I'm not a Jar Jar fan. I think Jar Jar is wrong. But I really, you know, I'm going to give him credit where credit's due. (laughs) But I, I, even Jar Jar, I, I, I always say that, you know, when, when I saw the first Star Wars, which was The New Hope, I was 10 years old. And, and, and the movie was magical. And, and I've loved Star Wars, I think, because it was one of the first movies I ever saw as a young kid by myself. No parents, just going with friends. Uh-huh. And it's had always a special place in my heart. Now, when I took my now, you know, 15-year-old son to Star Wars, he was nine. And his favorite character was Jar Jar. Huh. So, you know, Jar Jar and, and Star Wars is not necessarily written for the 40-year-old. Yeah. It's still written for the 9- and 10-year-old. Yeah. So I don't hate Jar Jar because Jar Jar, the little kids like them. Yeah. And it's funny, this, this cartoon has brought a really young audience to Star Wars. There are kids that are devoted, devoted fans to the cartoon who have never seen the movie. Uh. And it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. Wow. It is. It, well, it's, it's very well done. I mean, the storytelling's good. I mean, I do think it's better than the prequels. Uh, I just, I mean, I, I do feel that way about about the Clone Wars that I've seen. And I, I admit, I haven't watched all five years. You know, I've probably watched a dozen episodes in all. But I've been very impressed by it. I think the right the writing has been really good. This was the first year that they moved it to Saturday morning, uh. so I, I did feel really weird getting up early on Saturday <laughs> to watch a cartoon because it, it brought back a lot of early memories yeah. to childhood. But I did feel a little bit weird, you know, when it was on at night in prime time. I I, I kind of justified it as an adult show. Take the Simpsons. I, I, I threw in the I, yeah I threw in the towel when it when it went to uh, Saturday morning. <laughs> Totally normal, honey. It's totally normal. Nothing, nothing weird about this at all. I've got <laughs> my uh, Hina Cheerios and my uh, Clone Wars cartoon. <laughs> right. That's awesome. So. All right. Uh, well, on that note, I think that's a good note to wrap up on because I don't know how you top that. But uh, thank you, Your Honor. This is a great. I am. I just say I was kind of intrigued by the Clone Wars and just haven't had a chance to add that to my DVR list. But I think after this talk about the legal issues they address, it sounds like Homeland and some of these other, you know, amazing uh, prime time cable shows. So I think I've definitely got to check it out. 
especially this season. This season has been very much with with terrorists and bombing and and legal issues and and, and was was exceptional as to, as to those kind of things. And and the the fifth season's over, so we got a whole year before the sixth season. All right, plenty of time to catch up. Time to Once catch up. Love the lightsaber in the background. It's, that's right. It's, you gotta give a shout out. <laughs> it's nicer than mine, so that's uh. <laughs> Very, very nice. Well, Your Honor, uh, it's been a pleasure. I, I hope to see you when I'm in New York.